I get, the more power there is, I and the more I understand about what Christ has done for us. It, I can remember, I grew up in church. I can remember the, uh, what, what happened uh, in, in hearing the story of the gospel over and over and over again. And, and it was something that I, I knew, I could explain it to people. I, I, knew, I, I was taught and memorized as a child and a young, young person all the verses that, that uh, uh, talk about salvation and talk about what Christ did for me. But, but I didn't really fully get it. There was something, even though I had an understanding of it in my head, uh, I didn't get it here. The, I knew Jesus died for the world. I knew God loved the world. I, I understood all those things. I knew that everybody's a sinner. But one day, finally it clicked that it was me, that I was the sinner, and that one day I would stand before God. And, and suddenly that, 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 that attitude, that feeling of, hey, I've got time, or, or that, that feeling of, I can just go on and live my life the way that I, I want to, and, 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 and one, if I ever decide to, it, in that moment, there was an urgency you couldn't have stopped me if you wanted me wanted to. I needed to to get to a place where I could call upon the name of the Lord. And you can't make that. You can't force somebody into that. That's something that happens, has to happen inside their hearts. Uh, uh, there have been times when I've, I've I've tried to dissuade young people. Uh, I can think of one young man who will remain nameless who who uh, came to me after a message and said, "Hey, listen, I need to get saved." And I said, "Didn't you make it? You know." pray about getting saved, you know, a while ago, yes, but are, are you sure? I, 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 and the tr going through the verses, what, are you sure? He's like, listen, quotes all, I wouldn't be doing this, 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 and like, he's like, oh, whoa, 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 okay, I, there was nothing I could do to dissuade him. He understood that he needed salvation, but that's, that's because God opened his eyes to it. Nobody convinced him of it. In fact, I was trying to convince him not to do it. Not that I don't want people to get saved. I thought he already was saved. I, I, don't, want, I don't want people to, 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 to wonder and, and, and for the rest of their life go back and forth. Am I saved or am I not saved? That's a battle sometimes we fight, especially as, as those that grow up in church and, and always wondering, uh, am I truly saved? But when God speaks to you, when God is working, there is an urgency. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 13. This, this morning for, our, for our, our message. The urgency of the hour. Romans chapter 13. Paul's writing to, 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 the, to the Christians here in Rome and, and he's speaking to them about many things in the book of Romans. He talks about the gospel and explains about the power of the gospel and, and, and the doctrine of the gospel in the first several chapters. And, and then later on he talks about how much he loves uh, the gospel. And listen, by the way, the gospel is this, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. That you and I were sinners uh, before, uh, before we ever, uh, before uh, we could ever stand before God, before we, we need to understand that we are sinners. Not, not just me, but all of us. We all stand on the same level playing ground. Uh, it's the way that we're born. It's our, it's our nature. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory 
come short of the glory of God. Romans tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. We can be righteous in our own righteousness, but the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. So uh, we, we're not going to earn our way into, into heaven. We're not going to earn our, our salvation. It's, it's uh, only through the work of Jesus Christ. And uh, in the Old Testament, it showed and, and it talked of, of the sacrifices that were done, uh, but they could never, uh, never wash away or cleanse or pay for our sins. But Jesus, when he, when he died on the cross for our sins, those were a picture of what Christ was going to one day do. But Jesus Christ's death was the fulfillment, was the, the, was the payment for that. That's the gospel, that he died for our sins. And then that he rose again, according to the scriptures. He didn't die and, and bury and rot uh, and, and, and stay in that, that burial place, that tomb, and, and rot in that place. But uh, part of the gospel is this. That not only did we have victory over sin by his death paying for our sins, we have hope and victory over death because he rose from the grave. It's not something that we think happened. It's, not, it's something that we place our very hope on. Everything that we do is based upon God brought, that Jesus Christ rose again, and we can have that same hope for us because of the promises of the Word of God. So he talks about, in Romans, he talks about what the gospel is. He talks about loving and, and, and the gospel. But at the end of the book here, in the end of the book of Romans, we find uh, Paul talking about how we're to live out the gospel in our lives. Verse 11 and 12 is our text this morning. It says this. We'll read, we'll read 11 through 14. It says, and that knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the work that was done on that cross that paid for my sins. Lord, I thank you for the work that was done in my soul and my spirit that, that gave me new life. God, I thank you for how uh, the power that's in the gospel. Lord, and I pray that you would work in us this morning. I pray that your word would not come back void. I, I pray that you would meet with us and minister to us. And God, that our attention to your word and our obedience to your word would be pleasing to you. I pray that it wouldn't be something that we learn and understand, but Lord, that we would live. And God, I ask that you would help us in that. If there's one here today that that's never trusted in Christ for salvation, Lord, if there are those who, who may have uh, prayed a prayer sometime in the past or, or, or counting on their, their goodness or, 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 or something that they've done to earn their salvation, God, I pray that you would help them to see uh, their need of what Christ did and not their need of them to do anything. And God, I pray that you would bring them, uh, bring them to salvation. We ask for your help this morning. I need it. Lord, we all need it. And so, Father, we, we, we come to you and we ask for it. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Have you ever found yourself late or get kind of caught up in something and then realize too late that you're going to be late and there's, you're trying to catch up and get it all done with, whatever it is you need to do? Uh, uh, 
I have always been a terrible procrastinator. It has it's been a curse of my life. It's been a weakness of mine. I won't say it's a curse. It's a it's a weakness uh, that I have had uh, since the time I was a kid. I, I I I am very I'm very good at putting things off till tomorrow. What I could do today and probably should have done yesterday. Uh, it's uh, that that's just how I've always been. I, I, and I, and I, I I'm working at changing that. And and by God's grace, I'll get better with that. But that's always been a problem of mine. But when we get in that position, there, uh, when, when we realize that we've lost out on the time that we need to do something, to accomplish something, there is an urgency in our hearts. There's an urgency that, that spurs us on to, to, to want to then do something and do it quickly. Because the truth is, I, I think it's in our, all of our nature that we're, that we're able to kind of sit back and, you know, it'll, it'll take care of itself. Somebody else will do it, or I've got time. Well, we don't always have time. The Bible is, is, is loaded with references about, uh, uh, about a, a person's understanding of the urgency of the hour. Uh, Paul describes uh, the, the Christian life in Hebrews chapter 12 as a race. Uh, uh, or to run with patience, the race that is set before us. Well, running shows a, 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 not just a movement forward, but a, a quick pace. I don't run fast, but uh, this morning I did. My, my wife and I went for a walk, and for the first time in a long time, I think it was all the carbs I had at the, her- at the harvest supper last night. We went for a walk, and at the, about half a mile back to the house, I was like, I could, I could run. And she's like, go ahead. And I don't run. So it was a miracle of God that that happened. But, <laughs> but, but uh, there was, there was, I moved quickly. Running shows that there's some kind of not just forward movement, but an urgency, a, 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 a desire to accomplish something. And, I, and, and so we're to run this life, but has anybody ever heard of uh, Aesop's, Aesop and Aesop's fables? The, the story of the tur- tortoise and the hare? The hare was quick. It, it could move fast and outrun the tortoise, but what happened to the hare? He crawls up under a bush and he takes a nap because he's got plenty of time. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of times as, as Christians and, and, and even in this world uh, with, with people that, that thinking about uh, the time in their life, we, we find ourselves many times hauled up under a bush thinking, hey, I've got lots of time. I can, I can just sit back. I can relax. I can, I can uh, take some time for myself and do what I'd like to do. And, but suddenly we find ourselves caught without the time that we need, that we, that we wanted to have to accomplish those things that we have ahead of us. The truth is, uh, the, all throughout the scripture, uh, we're talk, the Bible talks about the last days and those end times in which, when Christ comes back. And listen, uh, uh, Jesus has promised to come back. In Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 1, uh, it, t- it tells us of how he rose up in the heavens. And, and what happened? The angels appeared when, he, when he's there, and the, the disciples are all standing and looking into heaven, watching as he disappeared in, into the sky. And he said, why, they said, why are you all standing here? The same way he left He's coming back. And, and he had told them to go to Jerusalem. So they, they, they went to Jerusalem. They did what they said. There was, a, there was an urgency. They were, there they were just kind of, I had been in awe. I had been standing there watching just like them. But, but uh, he reminded them, that, hey, there's something that you need to do. And they did it. Now, th- they looked for years, uh, their entire lives, for Christ to come back. There wasn't a single time where they said, listen, he's not going he, uh, to wait for centuries. They, they were looking for that day any time. And it's been 2,000 years. And I think part of the problem is we've, we've well, it's been 2,000 years. It's probably not going to come back today. I can remember as a kid hearing messages about, hey, Christ can come back at any time. Be ready, be ready, be ready. 
Are you ready? And as you get older and you hear those messages over and over again, you kind of get a little slack. But the Bible tells this, that God isn't slack concerning his promise of coming back, as some men count slackness. What it means is God hasn't forgotten to keep his promise. Uh, there is a set time. I don't know what it is. Nobody, no man knows what it is. The Bible, Jesus himself said, no man knoweth the day or the hour uh, that the Son of Man is going to come. But it will happen like a thief in the night. When nobody's paying attention, when, every, when, everybody's, uh, when everybody's sleeping, when, and not, not physically sleeping, but, uh, but, but when everybody isn't paying attention, that's when it's going to take place. One day, Christ is going to come back. And listen, if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, and I don't know whether he is or not, we're closer to it than, it's, than we've ever been before. But even if he doesn't, we don't know when we're going to take our last breath. You don't know when you're going to... I have done... <laughs> I'm done with funerals. I've done too many in the last month and a half. Six. I mean, seriously, I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to see any more grieving families. And listen, I will, I will be there if something happens. I will do that funeral. But I'm tired of it. But the truth, the truth of the matter is, you don't know when your last breath is going to be. You say, hey, I'm a healthy young person. Uh, I've, got, I've got a full life ahead of me. I've got plans, and I've got, I've, got, uh, I've got a future. You don't know what you have and what you don't have. You may die, die of some disease that you didn't know you had. You may drop from a heart attack like that. You may get in your car to drive home and somebody crossed the line and hit you head on. You don't, you don't know. I saw it over and over and over again as I, as I worked for the fire department as a paramedic for all those years. Nobody planned on that happening. So I want to remind you this morning that there is an urgency whether it's the time that, that we're waiting for Christ to come back or the time that our life is going to come to an end, there is an urgency for every single one of us. Time is running out. And for a child of God, somebody who's trusted Christ, who God is working in and, 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 and God has left commands for us, and that time is short and that urgency is real. Now, someone who procrastinates, this, this kind of hit me. I heard this, this quote. It says, does your, does your level of procrastination test God's level of long-suffering? The amount that we procrastinate, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I, uh, look what I used to, listen to what we used to do. Praise God for what's been done in the past. But, but, uh, but I, and I, I hope that's a, a, a blessing to the Lord. But God's also concerned with our present and concerned with our future. And as I, I, I can't bank on, uh, I can't look back and say, well, I used to do this and it used to be this. What are we now? Are we serving the Lord now? Is God working in our lives? Now are we serving and working for the Lord now? Paul says this. He uses a phrase called redeeming the, of redeeming the time. It's used twice in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do we live in evil days? Yeah. And it's only getting worse. Colossians 4 or 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. There is a need for the children of God, those who have the truth of the gospel, to get out and live their lives 
amongst those who are without Christ and without the Lord, uh, that will do that in wisdom. Uh, part of that is living the life of Christ before others so that we can shine the love of God and the light of God before them so that they can see what it truly means to be a Christian. They're sick and tired of hearing about religious speak and not seeing a life that, that, that lives up to what God has, has called us to and what the gospel promises to do. There are too many Christians that say, listen, I'm saved, or people that claim to be saved, but they live just like everybody else. They live in, in depression. They live, they live in hopelessness. They, they, they're living uh, bound by the same temptations and struggles as everybody else. But I, I don't know about you, but the Bible tells me this, that, that when, the, when the, the, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I shouldn't be bound by those things. Uh, the Bible says that uh, there's joy in our fellowship in God, no matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't mean we have to be uh, happy about the circumstances. It doesn't make me happy if my car doesn't start or it breaks down. It doesn't make me happy uh, uh, when I, if I lose a loved one, but I can have joy in the fact that God loves me and God is working in my... And, and, and listen, I, I praise God for that, but why do we live like we don't have that? Is it not real? The promises are real. Is our faith real? Because if our faith is real, there's a phrase, our beliefs affect our behavior. Those things that we believe will affect the very core of who we are. And the Bible says this, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount that, that we are to, 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 to be a light among men, that we are to, to shine out the good works that God has made, called us to do, that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Do others see those things in you? We're to redeem the time. Jesus, as, as the Lord and Savior, as, as God in the flesh, the one who came to this earth and died for us, uh, not only is, our, is he our Savior, but he's also our, our example. As, as a child of God, there's a, we're, we're to live like Christ lived. Uh, if you've ever seen those WWJD bracelets that people sometimes wear, that's from years ago, uh, but it's originally from a book that was written called In Its Steps uh, back in the, I think the 30s. I have an original copy. It's not the first edition. I wish it was, but an original copy in my office. Uh, but it's about a, a, a group of people in a town who decide to, to live their life like Christ. And, and, and every decision they made was based upon, would, would, would Jesus do this? Would, it, would this be his response or his reaction or his choice? As we use Christ as our example, we, we need to go to the Word of God and look at him as the example. In Mark chapter 1, Verse 32 through 34 says this, And at even, this was after Christ's day of work and service, at even, at the end of the day, he's already been serving and, and healing and doing things all day. He gets to the place where he's going to stay that night. It says, And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many uh, that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Here he was, he's been, he's been walking and healing and, 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 and teaching all day long. He, he wasn't sitting home on the couch uh, flipping through Netflix. They didn't have, Netflix, they didn't have TV back then. Uh, he, he wasn't just resting and relaxing. He spent all day serving, and at the end of the day, when he gets to the place where he's going to sleep that night, they follow him, which they did all the time. But he didn't turn them away and say, hey, listen, my day's over. Come back in the morning. That's not what he did. 
he opened the door, he walked outside, and everybody that came to him that was sick, he healed them. Every person that needed to be ministered to, he ministered to. He, he, he served until late. I don't know how long it took. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I can only imagine the whole city was there. They, they came to, to see. And, man, he served till late in the night. But you know what happened next? Verse 35 says this. And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he, and there he prayed. After serving all day and, and ministering deep into the night, he gets up before anybody else so that he can go out and pray. And you know what he did the rest of that day? He served, and he healed, and he taught. He continued in his ministry. Why? Because Jesus' ministry, earthly ministry, lasted a total of three and a half years. There was a set time when he was to start that ministry. That was after his baptism. And there was a set time when that ministry was going to end when he died on that cross and rose again on the third day and ascended up into heaven. Listen, that was the beginning and the end. He only had so much time to teach and to minister and to heal and to do the things that need to be done. To teach the disciples and to, to minister to those and to preach the gospel. Out of anybody, don't you think he deserved a little time off? But he didn't take it. Do you know why? There was a sense of urgency. Now, for a child of God, there needs to be a sense of urgency. Back in, in, uh, back in uh, Romans chapter 13, and you may still be there, verse 1 says this, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. When we have an, an, an urgency, when we understand that our time is short, when we understand that we're limited in, in this time as a child of God, as we, as we look at our lives, we need to understand this, and this urgency will bring about something in our lives. It will bring about an awareness of the lack of time that we have. Verse 11 starts with, and that knowing the time. Are you aware of the shortness of the time? Uh, David said this, teach me to number my days. Thinking about the, the limit, uh, the length of days of his life, all of our days are numbered. I, I don't know when I'm going to take my last breath. I don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Uh, uh, but, but understand, there is a limit to the number of days that you're going to live here on this earth. Whether you're in good health or in bad health, none of us know when that's going to take place. But knowing, let's just say somebody came to you and said, hey, by the way, next week at 2 o'clock, you're done. That's going to be the time. I'm glad I don't know. Right? I'm glad I don't know. But if you did know, how would that change what you do with your life? How would it change the time you spend with your family and your kids? How would it change the, the, the ministry that, that you believe God's called you to? How would that change what you do today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day? If you knew that your, your life was going to come to an end here on this earth as a child of God, how would that change your choices? Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 2 and 3, he says this, He answered Jesus and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather. Today, for the sky is red and lowering. 
Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. Jesus here is looking at, the, at these, these Pharisees who, 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 who he says, you, you, can, you, you think you can tell what the weather's going to be for the day based upon these, these signs and, and clues. And, but listen, you, you can't uh, tell that, 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 that the end of time is coming, that, that your time is coming to an end. And he, he, he's reproaching them for it. How much more is he going to reproach a child of God who has given to us the word of God? Truth is, we should be living every day like it's our last day. Because we don't know. Whether Christ comes back and we take our last breath, I don't know, I don't know when that's going to be, but that verse says in verse 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time. There's, uh, there's two different Greek words uh, that, that, that are used in that phrase. Uh, the first Greek word means this, the, the, it's, the, it's the, the, the present time. Uh, and now it is time. It is time to understand that it's the last hour. The, the second term is more, more, more focused, more precise, uh, is in hours or minutes. So while we can think of time in general, he, he's saying now is the time. It's time for us to be aware. It's time to us, for us to, 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 to work and to serve and to, to give our lives for the Lord knowing that we don't know how much time we have. An urgency of the hour calls for an, uh, an awareness of the time. An urgency of, uh, of, of the hour also brings about an awakening. The second part of this verse says, and that, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. We all got an extra hour of sleep last night. Did, how many of you actually got an extra hour of sleep or got up an hour earlier? I got, I got up earlier. <laughs> I didn't want to get up earlier, but I just couldn't stay asleep any longer. I like sleep. I, I don't like getting up early, and I don't really like to go to bed early either. I like to stay awake late and sleep in as long as I can, but unfortunately that can't happen with four kids, and, and you know I have to be an adult and do adult things. And I like sleep. There's, there, there's different kinds of sleep. There's, there's physical sleep, which we all need, and we're, we need that rest. In the Bible, we see that there are those in, the, in Scripture that slept at the wrong time. Jonah slept at the wrong time. He was in a boat during a storm that was caused by his disobedience. Samson slept in the wrong place with his head in the lap of Delilah, who chopped off his hair. Disciples slept in the Garden of Gethsemane, where their spirit was willing, but their flesh was weak. Eutychus, my favorite story, slept in church and fell out a window and died, so watch out. We're on the ground floor, I think you're safe. <laughs> you could fall out of your chair. Or I might walk around and take pictures. I don't know, I won't do that. We need physical sleep, but uh, uh, there are times uh, when you're driving down the road, it's not a good time to sleep. When, you, when, when you're in mid-conversation, I have sleep apnea. Uh, thankfully, it's not as bad as it used to be, uh, but I used to be able to fall asleep in mid-conversation. Uh, uh, I'm thankful that that's not the, the problem, but this isn't the type of sleep he's talking about. There is a spiritual, a spiritual type of sleep uh, that can take place. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a spiritual coma where, 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 where what, what happens when you're asleep? Do you hear what's going on around you? Sometimes that'll wake you up, but you're unaware. 
right? That's why you can sneak up, you can draw on people's faces when they're sleeping. Nobody's ever done that. I have. Uh, you, you can do things to people when they're asleep. Why? Because they're kind of dead to the world. They're unaware of what's going on. They're, 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 they don't hear as uh, necessarily. If they do hear, that will wake them up. But, uh, but they're, they're dead to the conversations and, and, and all the things that are going on. And here uh, he's speaking of a spiritual sleep. He's, he's saying they're, they're spiritually, they're slumbering. They're, they're not aware. They're, 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 they're unfeeling. They're, they're not thinking. They're just, uh, they're, just, they're just there. They're existing. That is the worst kind of sleep that any child of God, any Christian, can have. First Thessalonians 5 says, verse 5, You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken, are drunken in the night. Back there to verse 11, he says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. It is time to wake up. It is time to understand that, that, that we need to be aware of the things that are going on and the, the, the things that need to be done. Not time to take, to sit back. For the rich, it's not time to retire. It's not time to, it's not, it's not time for us to, to, to just let everybody else go on about our life and get lost in what's going on. It's time to wake up. That awareness, that, that urgency will bring about also a, a, an abandoning. Notice what it says in verse 11, 12, 13. It says, and, and, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now it is our, salva is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The reason why it's so important that we wake up because we are closer now to the day of our salvation. Now listen, if you're saved, you're saved. Uh, you don't have to get saved again. What it's talking about is the completion of our salvation. When you trusted in Christ, when you, when you called out to God for salvation, he began a good work in you. John chapter 3, Jesus speaking to uh, the Pharisee Nicodemus said, Ye must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Uh, what he's talking about is that moment of salvation. There is a change that takes place in you, a, a, a spiritual a new life, an awakening that, that you are now able to, 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 to be reconciled to the Lord, to fellowship with God. And, and there's, there is that, that life that's now inside of you. That's the start of your salvation. But God's not done with you yet. He's still working in you, maturing you, completing the work in you. And one day when we get to heaven, or one day when Christ comes back, that work will be completed. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, I am confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not done with me, but he's working in me. And when that's done, that's the salvation that is nearer than the day that we believed. So it's time to wake up. Verse 12 says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. That's a, that's a sign that the time that we have is, is the days are getting fewer and fewer and fewer. And every day that we go is another day uh, for, uh, that we're closer to the, to the coming of the Lord or to the end of their life. It's, the, the urgency is getting greater and greater and greater. It's time to wake up. Because of that, verse 12, he says, because we're so close to the end of the night and the, 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 the day is at hand, he says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. 
there's an abandon, an abandoning that takes place uh, of well, yes, we we need to be aware. Yes, uh, we 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 need to we need to be to to. Uh, we need to be awake, but there needs to be an abandoning of, of, of who we were and that those things of, of, the, of the flesh that we're not supposed to be anymore. He says, it's high time, awake or sleep, for now is the time of our salvation, nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Paul says it this way in the book of Ephesians, to put off the old man and to put on the new man, and he gets right down to the nitty gritty. If you used to, if you were someone who 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 lied, stop lying and speak the truth. If you're someone who stole, stop stealing and work so that you can give and, and bless others. Hey, hey, uh, your life is not to be what it once was. I'm glad I'm not who I once was. There are a lot of people in here that aren't what they once were. but we're also not what we once will be or what we will one day be. He's still working in me. He's still completing me and maturing me and doing something in me that needs, that needs completion and needs work. But this verse tells us, hey, cast off. Cast off that old man. Cast off those works of darkness. Those things that you're still doing. In, in, in Hebrews 12, Paul says to, to lay aside the, the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. First uh, Peter uh, chapter 3, he tells us, knowing, uh, knowing uh, how close we are to the, that last day, how much holier should we live? Our lives, that we should be striving to live our lives in a way that pleases God. Why? Because that day is coming. Cast off. Listen, I don't know what you, what you do in your off time. I don't stalk your Facebook. I, I don't sneak outside your house and peek in your windows. Number one, that's creepy and weird, and I wouldn't do that. Uh, but I, I, don't, I, I don't want to. Because the truth is we all have things that, that, that we struggle with and things that are hard for us and because we're, God's not done with us yet. But you know what you struggle with. Whatever it is God is striking your heart right now about, stop it. Uh, there's a there's there's a video that I saw years ago. If a pastor could say what 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 he what he wanted to say, he said, "You're all sinning and terrible. Stop it." I'm not. I'm that way too. We're all that way. Cast it off. That frustration, that that that, that, that anger. Listen, how do we cast off by filling up? The next part of the verse, not only is there, uh, is there uh, a, a, an abandoning, but there's an adorning. He says, cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light. Galatians 5 tells us what the, what the, what the works of the flesh are. And then tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Well, to, if I have a bottle of water here and I want something else in it, I've got to dump the water out first. Because... You don't want to mix water with anything else and just make it nasty. Just water it down. But if I wanted, say, coffee in here, I like coffee. I like coffee more than water. <laughs> if I wanted coffee in here, I'd, I'd dump out the water and put coffee in. Now, yes, I understand coffee is just water uh, that's filtered through coffee beans, and that's, that's all well and good. But you, you understand my meaning here. If, as a child of God, I need to, to cast off those works of, of darkness 
that there's a, a physical turning from those things that are sinful, but I need to fill up that space, and that, that I need to fill up my life with the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not, it's not that you have to pray and God gives you an extra dose of the Holy Spirit and helps you live right. That's not what I'm saying. It's a submission to the Holy Spirit. It's a submission to the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, we talked about this in Bible study last week. I believe it was last week, not the week before. But Colossians 3, 16 says this, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Those two passages are, are tied together. You, uh, one phrase says, be filled with the Spirit. The other, the other verse says, uh, says uh, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. But then following down through, they all have the, has the same effect in our lives. If we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we need to be submitted to the Word of God. In fact, Jesus himself said, uh, says that we're to abide in him and let his Word abide in us. Listen, the day is at hand. There is, there should be a sense of urgency. And that urgency should have a response in the heart of every Christian. Second Peter 3 says this, starting in verse 8, several verses, so please. It says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is is with the Lord as a thousand years, and as a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, and the manner of person, what manner of persons ought she to be, in all holy conversation and godliness, looking forward and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the time being wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwell dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. And account of the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written to you. Knowing, knowing what's coming, being aware and awake, how much more should we live for Christ? How much more should we honor God with what we do? How much holier should we, should we live? Now, that's for the child of God. Wake up. But sadly, and unfortunately, not everybody is a Christian. In this, in this world, there are many who have rejected Christ. There are many who are putting it off. But when, like I was talking about when I gave my testimony earlier, there was a moment when, that, when I woke up. There was a moment when my understanding of the gospel wasn't just for everybody, but it was for me when that changed. And when that happened, there was an urgency. And can I tell you today, there is an urgency for all of us to have faith in the Savior. 
That verse that we read there says that, that he is long-suffering, that he's not slack concerning his promise, that he would have all men come to repentance. God desires all men to turn to him, but not all men will, and some put it off. In Acts chapter 24, Paul is, is speaking to Felix. He says in verse, verse 24 of that same chapter, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith, his, the faith in Christ. Paul was a prisoner. Uh, and here comes the ruler to judge, and he calls for him, he sends for him to come and, and talk to him because uh, he wanted to hear what he had to say. Verse 25 says, and as he reasoned, Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. It says, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I, have a con- when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He heard uh, uh, the word of God. God opened his eyes. He saw judgment to come, and he trembled. Paul conviction. But he said, Go your way. I'll call for you for in a more convenient season when there's a better time. The Bible says this, now, there, the, now is the day of salvation. There's, don't put it off. God speak to your heart and you, you understand that you're, that you're lost or without Christ, that, you, that you're one day going to stand before, before him and, and, and your, your goodness and your righteousness and all the good things you ever tried to do isn't enough to, 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 to mend and to wash away the sinfulness of your own nature and your choices. And your eyes were open that come to the Lord. Acts chapter 27, Paul's speaking to another judge, King Agrippa. Verse 27 to 29 says this, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? Here he's, he's defending himself uh, before the king. He says, I know that thou believest. Speaking of the word, the prophets, the, the Old Testament. He says, and then, then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except without bonds. Look at the historical. Uh, you, look, you read through it and historically, uh, he never had another opportunity to hear the gospel. No, let me rephrase that. He had an opportunity. Paul was a prisoner. Paul was brought before him daily and kept because they were hoping Paul would try to bribe them to let him out of prison for months and months and months, but never again did he bring him to before him to ask him about his faith. So one of the problems is, with it, one day I will, one day I will, but if the Spirit is speaking to your heart today, today is the day of salvation. And if you say, one day I will, one day you're just not going to think of it anymore. One day that trembling will be gone. One day that sense of urgency is, 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 has vanished. And, you, and, and that day is a terrible day. People die every single day thinking that they have time. People die every day thinking they've got one more day to live or, or a lifetime ahead of them. But Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There's wisdom in that. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Luke 12 is a parable that that Christ spoke and said, he spake a parable, one of them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do, because I have no room where, where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will, be, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods 
laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God saith unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Years ago, when I got hired to the fire department, uh, I believe it was 2005 was a, when I went to, 2007 was when I went to Gardner, and I was with Gardner for three years, and I went to Augusta. And it was interesting. One of the things that drew me to that was a, a, a hope of retirement someday. Uh, firefighters can work for 25 years and retire at a young age, depending on when they get hired, uh, to, uh, with, with full benefits, with enough money they can survive. And, and that, that is, that's, that's good benefits. You know what's really sad? Most firefighters, when they retire, only live another year or so. Because of the, the harshness of the, especially back then, uh, with the with carcinogens the, the and the things in the smoke, uh, they they die of cancer and all kinds of other other diseases. It's it's hard on their bodies. They work all their lives and never get to really reap the benefits of it. And that's what this that parable was saying. That, and they they put all their hopes and all their dreams and this is what I'm going to do, but then it never takes place. And the truth is that that can be true for every single one of us. The word is. Very clear that today is the day of salvation. Second Corinthians 6 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We don't know what's going to happen, uh, but an urgency in our hearts will, will, will awaken us to the need of something that needs to be done. And if we're lost, that need is to be saved. If we're not lost, if we're a child of God, that, that need is for us to serve and to do what God has called us to do. In fact, that, that urgency will bring about a fervency in our service. Romans 12.11 says, not, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. If we were to go back and look at Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, we won't do it for sake of time, because uh, I wanted to finish this and not keep you too long, because, you know, time is of the essence. But verse, uh, it's, it's the account of Abraham as he's an old man sitting in his tent in the heat of the day, verse 1 tells us. Uh, but in verse, uh, he sees three men come to him, and, and, and he sees them, and he has a desire to do something. Now, we know these three, three men were, were angels of the Lord, and, and, uh, and, and he, they told him what was going to happen there in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he was praying to the Lord over law. But in verse 2 it says, when Abram saw him, he ran to meet them. Now, remember, Abram is 99 years old at this point in time. You ever seen a 99-year-old run? I haven't. He was old. He was tired. It was the heat of the day, the worst, the worst part of the day. Uh, but he saw them. He ran to meet them. Verse 6 says that he hastened into the tent uh, to prepare uh, the meal for them. Uh, and, and verse 6 says he, they, they made ready quickly. There was an urgency in everything that he did. As a child of God, is there urgency in your life? Or are you complacently sitting in the tent? waiting to see what, what might happen. He had a desire to serve. He had a desire to be a blessing. Uh, to, regardless of how, what, what, it, what it made him have to do, whatever it cost him, he was willing to do that because he was focused on their needs instead of his own. Jesus said in John 4, verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. When Jesus came to this earth, he came for a purpose. And everything he did in the, in the years of his ministry was done with urgency and to fulfill the purpose that he had here on this earth. How aware are you of the time? 
we all uh, listen. I, I I get it. We all we all know that. And if I were to ask, raise your hands. Pretty much everybody would raise your hand if you believe that Christ is coming back someday. We'd all agree. None of us would say no. How many of you would acknowledge? And you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you would acknowledge that you could die at any moment? There's a difference between knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Those are three words that the Bible uses uh, speaking of, uh, uh, of knowledge. Knowledge is this. It's when we get information. Right? Uh, somebody teaches you something that you didn't know before. You've read something. Uh, maybe you watched a YouTube video and it showed you how to, how to do it. Uh, I, I got to fix my washing machine. This is a perfect example. Uh, I, I do not know how to fix washing machines. I hate washing machines, washing clothes, and fixing and our washing machine has a habit of dying about every three months. It's nothing, nothing hard, but I'm not a tinkerer. I'm not a, I can't, I don't know how to do those things. But YouTube is a great teacher. And I searched our style of washing machine, machine the, the, the brand and all that stuff, and it came up with a YouTube video showing me exactly what I needed to do. And it was easy. So I watched it, and I gained the knowledge. I was taught what was wrong and what needed to be done to fix the problem. I watched it, and it was presented for me. I understood it. I knew what the problem was and how to fix it. The problem is that socks keep getting sucked down inside. Uh, it's a front-loading washer, and it gets sucked down inside and gets stuck, and there's a catch down there uh, that, to keep it from going into the water line. Or the, and so it, it's, it fills up with little socks because we've got little kids, and then the water can't go through, and then it, it, the door won't open because it's full of water, and if you open it up, water would flood everywhere. I got the knowledge, and I've got the understanding of the problem and how to fix it. You have to take it apart. You have to take the screws off the back. You have to reach down under, pull it out, drain the water out, reach in there, pull out all the nasty, disgusting, by the way, awful, terrible, disgustingness that's stuck up in there. And to make sure there's no coins and all that stuff, pull that all out of there, and then close it all back up. I've got the knowledge and the understanding. But until I actually did it, how much washing do you think got done? None. Or, or, I was I was busy. Jess, uh, Jess was busy. It's happened several times uh, in the last year, twice I think. Uh, once was uh, twice in one month at one point. Uh, too too many kids with two little socks. But um, but until I actually pulled the dryer off and pulled the washing machine off and 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 took all the screws out of the back and reached, nothing got done. That's wisdom. It's putting into action the knowledge and understanding that you have. You all have the knowledge and understanding that one day we're going to stand before God and answer for everything. Now, as a, as a lost person, we'll, we'll answer for our sinfulness. As a child of God, we are covered under the blood of Christ, and I praise God for that. But we're still going to have to answer for every, every, every idle word. Every, our works will be tried. The time that we, that we sat around and... We're sleeping spiritually and unaware of the, the urgency of our life and the, the dying souls that are around us, the, the, the service that needed to be done, the, uh, the, the, those that needed to minister to within even our own body of believers. Uh, we see somebody struggling and hurting, and, and we're just not aware because we're so caught up in our own things. We know that there's an urgency. We even may even feel the urgency but until we do something different. 
until we put it into practice. It doesn't do us any good. I encourage you this morning. Time is short. I don't know. Say, well, I've got years. We've got some teenagers in here. I'm, th- I'm thankful that they're here. I'm, th- I, 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 I'm thankful for, 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 for them and uh, their, their desire to come to church. But guess what? Your life is short. Say, hey, I've got a lifetime ahead of me. I've got plans. I want to go to college. I, 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 I want to have a career in this or that or the other. And I don't know what God's desire for, your, for his will for your life is. That's between you and God. But don't get so caught up. And in the fact that you have a long time to figure out what you're going to do for the Lord and serve, you don't, you don't know. In fact, the best thing that you could do today would be to surrender yourself to the Lord and to seek Him's will for your life and to serve Him now. I, there's a, a biography of a D, Charles Spurgeon. No, sorry, sorry. And he was preaching about salvation and, 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 the, and, and serving the Lord and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and after the service, he left and was getting ready, ready to leave. And, and a woman, an elderly woman, she was probably in her 70s, came out to him. And, and, uh, and uh, she was crying. And he, she came and approached him. And he said, is everything okay? And she, she said, no. And, and he said, well, what, what can I do for you? She said, well, I just surrendered my life to the Lord. And, and she, she said, I, I, I asked God to fill me and to use me. And he said, that's wonderful. And she goes, but I wasted 70 years of my life. She says, I've been a Christian since I was a, since I was a young girl. She goes, but it's only now that I finally see that, that there's a need for me to do something. Listen, whether you're a teenager or you're, you're retired or you're, or, or you're six, 70, 80, 90 years old, it doesn't matter. Our time is limited. We don't know what we've got left. But what we have, give it to the Lord. Serve Him. Serve others. Bless Him with every word and action in our life. And if you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ or you're trusting in your, your own works for salvation, your own goodness, can I tell you that the Bible is very clear. That we're not saved by our works. We're not saved by what we do. We're not saved by coming to this church or any other church. We're not saved by, by being baptized. That's a, that's a work. We're not saved by, we're not saved by uh, uh, the, uh, anything that we do. We're saved and justified by our faith in Jesus Christ. And one day, you're going to stand before God. And you, think, you can think, well, I've got years. You don't know that you've got years. And if today or tomorrow or next week you take your last breath, and listen, I'm not saying this because I want you to join our church. I'm not saying this because I want to make you feel bad. I'm saying this because I don't want anybody to die and stand before God and be judged in their sin and be cast into hell. But that is what God, the Word of God tells us will happen to billions of people, anybody, all people that reject Christ. The Bible says if we, that, that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, for by grace you're saved, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. Obviously, it's a point in a man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. And you may think that you've got years to figure this out. You don't have years. Today is the day of salvation. There's an urgency we are unaware of. Just because you're asleep, just because you're not paying attention, doesn't 
lower the fact of how important this is in your life and in every life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for what, what you did for us on the cross. I thank you for the salvation that we have. God, I pray that you would help us to live our lives for you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts. Lord, you know us alone. Father, you know us better than we know ourselves. God, I pray that your spirit would have its way. Lord, I pray that you're glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.